Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, folks, I was... uh... I was talking with somebody last night, and, and we were talking about this series that we're doing on Matthew, and, and I made a statement to him, and, I, and I, I'm convinced of it now, that really, you know, in the 14 years that I've been here as your pastor, I could not have preached this message series until now. I mean, I've done the Gospel of John, I've done the Gospel of Mark, and we did the Gospel of Luke, but we're now in Matthew, and, and I'm realizing that I had to grow up and understand some things spiritually before I could come to the place where I could present this gospel to you. Because when you look at the gospel of Matthew, there is so much here that you and I need to grasp because it's going to talk about our Christian life. So many things, because you read through it, and I've read through Matthew many times before, and I've, I've preached through different parts of it, and, and the reality is, is that Matthew is trying to help us to understand this great king, Jesus and the impact of that great king on your life, and the impact of the grace that he gives you. And so today, we're going to talk about it. We're going to keep going on. We've gone through the Beatitudes. We're going to keep going on. We're going to be in verses 13 through 16 today, and we're going to talk about a changed life. Who's changed life? Your changed life. And the power of the changed life that has happened to you. The power of a changed life. Do you realize, folks, that if you come to Jesus Christ and you experience his grace in your life, and it's not about you. Do you understand what you've done or anything you've done? When you experience his grace in your life, that changes you, and you become, all of a sudden, this power conduit for God where you impact other people's lives. Most of us have no clue. Most of us have no clue that the greatest thing that you have to sharing Jesus with other people is not just that you tell them the gospel, but it's your life. And the power of that change in your own life, that plus God's word, impacts other people. And so we're going to talk about that today, because it's it comes especially, here's what I want you to understand, the, the, the Sermon on the Mount is just not a bunch of little things stuck together. It builds on one another. What is he building on? He's building on the Beatitudes. Let's just read real quickly. Look up with me, verses 3 through 10. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before me. So we just talked about that last week. It's about grace, folks. It's grace extended to who? The imperfect, the desperate, the less than. Who's that? Us. 
us. It's not talking about the religiously perfect. Remember, because the question is, is who's eligible for the kingdom? We are! Because we're desperate for him. Now he's going to go on, and he builds upon that grace, and he's going to talk about the power of a changed life. Who changed that life? Jesus did, through grace. But here's the problem. We're confused. We struggle with confusion. And the confusion, it's natural because it comes because some of you, you've been in church all these years and you've heard preacher after preacher and you've listened to the radio and you've read some books and, and you've even heard your grandma say something or somebody else say something and, and there's this confusion that happens in your life. So let me give you two points I want you to see about the confusion. Number one, we don't understand the kingdom's impact on our lives. Most of us have no clue. Are you saved? Yes. What does that mean? Well, I'm going to be with Jesus when I die. Yeah, that's true. But you're missing so much more about the reality of your salvation. Right now, in your life, right now, it's not all about just later on. The impact of Jesus is now. For your life now, for my life now. And the problem is, we're so confused, we don't have any understanding because we talk about salvation in terms of what you're going to do when you go to be with in heaven. How's he going to let you in? We don't talk about it in terms of right now for you, right now. Rubber meets the road, your stinking job, and the boss breathing down your neck, or the customer complaining. Do you know what I'm saying? What does this Jesus have to do with me right now? See, we're confused. We don't understand the impact of the kingdom on our lives. Here's the second thing I want you to see. We don't understand the impact our lives make. See, it's one thing for you not to realize the impact of the kingdom on your life. Some of you might have an understanding of that, but for most of us, I'll just be flat out honest with you, we have no clue what kind of impact we're making on others. And let me just go ahead and say this right now, because some of you will say, well, I'm the, my life is, you know, George, I'm just so insignificant. My life's not impacting anybody. Really? You are deceived. Unless you're a hermit living in some cave around Kerwinsville and not interacting with anybody at all on a day-to-day basis, you are having an impact on somebody. Period. Because if you're a living human, breathing human being, and you're interacting with somebody, you're going to have an impact on somebody, whether it's a clerk, whether it's a relative, whether it's your neighbor. You're going to impact somebody. Your life is going to impact somebody. And you need to understand that. Now the question is, is what kind of impact are you having? Is it negative or positive? Is it negative or positive? Because it's one or the other. Well, I just try to exist and not get any kind of trouble, not ruffle anybody's feathers. And I just, you know, I try to, I try to, you know, I, I, I just don't, I'm not having an impact, George. Yes, you are. Whether you realize it or not, you are. See, but the problem is, is we're confused. We're confused about the impact in our own lives, and we're confused about how we're impacting others. You are impacting others. If you're a parent here, you better believe it, you're impacting others. If you're a grandparent, You are impacting others. If you're in some sort of leadership role, whether at work or whether in a a civic club or even in a church, you are impacting others. 
You are impacting people with your life. And, you, and the problem is we don't realize it. We excuse it away. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to take away your excuse. Does everybody understand? If you're sitting here and saying, I'm not impacting anybody, I just take it away from you because you are. Don't deceive yourself anymore. You have an impact on somebody. Now the question is, is what kind of impact is it going to be? Do you understand? See, that's where Jesus comes. And he comes along right after telling us that we have been impacted by grace. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. Grace. When that grace impacts your life, it impacts others. How so? Well, he tells us. Let's look at verses 13 through 16. Look with me. Look at what it says. This is Jesus talking about you, Christian. This is Jesus talking about you, follower of Jesus Christ. Listen to what he says. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take these this section of verses, we're going to divide it into two sections. And basically, it, it, the two sections are going to fall along the lines of what he's using here. He's using two illustrations that are common in your everyday life. Salt and light. Right? Salt and light. We understand salt, right? Some of you use the salt shaker a lot. You shouldn't, but you do when you go to the restaurant because you want to add more salt to what's already salty. Right? And light. We understand light, right? we got light going on here. we got light so you can see. He's going to use those two illustrations to help us to understand the impact that we have in our lives because of grace. It's all because of grace. Let's look at the issue of salt. Like salt, he's saying, verse 13, your life creates interest for something more. Do you understand what I'm saying? If your life has been impacted by grace, which he was just talking about earlier in the Beatitudes, like salt, your life should create interest in something more in other people. Isn't that why you put salt on stuff? You know, I'm a, I'm, you know I love cheeseburgers. Everybody here knows I love cheeseburgers, okay? And, and when we cook cheeseburgers at home, we haven't, we haven't had this seasoning in a while. I, I like the, the uh, Montreal seasoning or Canadian steak seasoning, and I just love putting that on the burgers and cooking them and just having that flavor all over. What is it about that? Because it's got that salt and something else there, and it just creates more interest in me in that burger. You know, I mean, and folks, burger is not just the beef. It's the cheese and the bun. I mean, that's, that's what it is about a burger. You know, you gotta have a great bun, great piece of cheese, and, and then, and then, yeah, of course. And, and what enhances that is, for me, Montreal steak seasoning. It's the salt. It creates interest. I'm interested in burgers when they're cooked that way. Here you are, verses one through twelve. 
the Beatitudes. You're desperate for God, hunger and thirsting for more. Morning, he gives you comfort. He fills you. Grace impacts your life. That is like salt in your life. And that impacts others because that, your life, because of Jesus, should be causing an interest in the lives of other people. Do you understand? The impact that Jesus has on your life with his grace should be causing an interest in other people. Should, shouldn't it? That's what he's saying here. You are the salt of the earth. Like salt, your life creates an interest for something more. Here's the other thing. A life that loses the spice of God's grace is worthless. See, it's God's grace working in your life that's going to create an interest in other people. But if you lose that spice of God's grace in your life, it becomes worthless. And I think it's interesting here. Jesus says, it becomes like salt that people throw out and trample under. What in the world is he talking about there? Well, I found it was interesting as my, in my research of looking at this passage. I found out that what they did in, you know, in their day, and even to this day, if you go to Palestine, the houses have flat roofs. And, 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 you know, you had your house and you have a flat roof and the kids would go up on the roof and play, or if there was a family gathering, they would gather up on the roof. But one of the things is the roof is made out of mud. And they would throw this worthless salt on it to help strengthen the roof. And so now you understand when he says it'll be thrown out to be what? Trampled on. The kids are going to play on it. The family's going to gather on it. It becomes worthless for nothing more than just simple building material, roof material. See, if grace isn't impacting your life, he's saying here your life is basically worthless to other people. Isn't that interesting? Your life is like salt. And when you have that close relationship with Jesus, that creates interest in other people. But if there's no closeness in your relationship with Christ and there's no grace flowing through your life, it's worthless. Let me just, I, I need to make this point. You know, I've heard, over the years, I've heard different ministers on the radio talk about using this verse in light of our culture wars. You understand what the culture wars are? You know, it's the church trying to tell everybody how they should live, how the culture should be. And I've heard this verse about you being salt, because salt is not just a flavoring, salt is also a what? Preservative. And so this means that we need to preserve the culture. This is not talking about the culture. This is not talking about you preserving anything. This is talking about you attracting attention to who? Jesus. And if you're not doing that, if your life is not reflecting the spice of God's grace, it's worthless. It's worthless. Let's let's read it in context here, not, not just grasp it to kind of justify what we're doing. So it's a spice. Your life is like salt. Here's the other thing he talks about. Your life is like light. Let's look at this. Look with me, verses 14 through 16 again. He says this, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's talk about it. Your life is like life. What does that mean? Like life 
your life is exposed to all. Like life, your light is exposed to all. You know, one of the things, you know, every once in a while I have to go travel. I travel up north to Canada for a board meeting or something. And sometimes, depending on the time of the year, when I come home, uh, I drive down Rockton Mountain on 322. How many of you have driven down, I mean, probably a lot of you have, how many of you have driven down Rockton Mountain on 322 when it's dark? And you look out over the valley, and you can see all of the different boroughs, right? You can see Kerwinsville Borough, you can, you can probably see as far, you see the, what, what, what makes you know that, that, that there's a borough there, that there's somebody living down there? What makes you see that? Lights. Now, what if the borough decided it was going to try to hide itself? What would it need to do? Tell everybody to what? And that's what they did during World War II, right? They had blackout drills, even out here. You know, and, and blackout drills to turn off the lights in case somebody wants to bomb Kerwinsville. You know, like, why would somebody want to do that? You know? It's all about, if he's saying, light is exposed. It's a city set on a hill. You can't hide it. Folks, you can't hide your life. Listen to me. How do people know that you love Jesus? Well, I tell them. What if you never said anything? How will they know that the grace of God is real in your life? I can tell you right now. It's by how you what? Live your life. It's not what you stand on. Well, I believe this. I tell the clerk at Walmart to tell me Merry Christmas. Really? That's doing a lot for Jesus. It's how you live your life. See, if grace is real in your life, if God is impacting your life, especially when you're going through it, that's exposed, isn't it? That's plain to everybody. See, your life is not just like salt, where it attracts interest, and if it doesn't, it's worthless. Your life is like light. It's exposed to all. Whether you realize it or not, it's exposed to all. Just as light is not meant to be hidden, your life should not be hidden. That's the second point there, actually. Just as light is not meant to be hidden, your life's not meant to be hidden. Folks, there's no such thing as a secret Christian. If God is showing grace in your life, it is not an option for you to decide you're not going to be showing that out in your life. It's not meant to be hidden. Do you understand me? You need to be communicating through your life God's grace. You say, well, yeah, he's called you to be the preacher, George. I'm not asking you to be a preacher. I'm just asking you to reflect what God's doing in your life so that it what? It becomes salt again, so it creates an interest. Here's, here's the other thing I want you to see about the, the issue of our life like light. You should purpose to reflect God's grace in your life. 
What? What are you talking about, George? Well, look at what he says there. He said, you don't hide a light under a basket. You don't hide it under your bed. When you light a light, when you turn on a light, you put it out there for what? Everybody to see, to illuminate. You're not sneaking around. You know, it's interesting. All my kids have done this. You know, they, we get them, we really want them to be readers. And sometimes, sometimes they get books that they can't put down. And through the years, we've had to learn. We didn't learn this at first. We had to learn this. Because, you know, I, I get up in the, in the middle of the night and have to go to the little guy's room. Okay? And so I'm walking by, and somebody's under a cover with a flashlight. Reading a book. So now Hudson, we've learned, so Hudson's had to, he, he's not, well, he did one night. Foster said he was up in the middle of the night, Dad, reading. Okay. So now we tell him when he's got a book, all right, you ready for bed? Yeah. Hey, go put that book on Dad's dresser. Why? Why? Because you're going to stay, oh, no, I won't. Oh, yeah, just go ahead and put it on the dresser. See, unless you're sneaking around, light is to what? Be shown up, shown forth. See, that's what your life is like. You need to purpose, God, show grace through my life today. May others see grace in my life. May others see how gracious you are to me in spite of what I'm going on, what's going on. You need to purpose that. Then here's the final point. Here's the final thing about light. Your life should bring others to a place of praising God. Your life should bring others to the place of praising God. There should be something about your life and the grace that's shown that causes people to say, you know what, I want to know about their God. I want to know about what God's doing in their life. Your life should bring people to the place around you of praising him. That's what he's saying here. So let your light show so that they can see your works and praise who? God. But you know what the sad thing is for years? Christians haven't been known to live lives to praise God. You know, so, hey, we go, we go to the restaurant and we leave our track with a cheap tip. Do you think people were praising God? That waitress was praising God? You know, if you're going to leave a cheap tip, don't leave a track. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you leave a track, you're identifying yourself as a Christian, then tip like a Christian. Be gracious, like grace has been shown to you, right? You know, so the clerk says to you, happy holidays. Or maybe doesn't even say anything about the season. Don't sit there and say, you should be saying whatever to me. Seriously? How about you say it? Hey, I see you're having a rough day. Merry Christmas. Have you ever thought of that? See, that's what being life, you should have a life that brings others to what? Glorify God. Glorify God. But you know what? Here's the problem. The problem is, is we become so self-absorbed. We want everybody to show light to us. But the problem is, folks, God didn't create you for that. 
He showed grace in your life so that you could show grace to what? Others. You say, okay, George, what do we do with this? Well, here's the thing. I've got two questions for you. It goes back to our confusion. Here's the first one. Have you fully grasped the impact of grace on your life? Have you? Have you fully grasped that he's good even when you're not good? Remember that song we just sang? You are good, you are good when there's nothing good in me. Have you fully grasped that? So here's what I, here, here's the thing. We get so, and I said it earlier, we get so self-absorbed. You know, we get so overwhelmed with the stuff that's happening in our lives, the bills, the problem at work, maybe a struggle in the home, and all of that, that we just kind of forget everything else, and we've got our blinders on, and, and, and we just kind of forget that, man, God is gracious to us. He hasn't struck us dead today. Have you allowed the grace of God to impact your life? Do you understand it? Do you grasp it? You and I need to, and and folks, it's not going to be, oh, I'm going to take five minutes to think about it. Folks, it might take all week to think about it. Have you grasped the impact of, of grace on your life? Here's the other thing. How's your life impacting others? That's a tough one. See, I told you. You say, well, you know, George, I'm not impacting it. Yes, you are. You're not in a cave, folks. You're not a hermit. You interact with somebody every day. How are you impacting that person? I need to take a step back. How am I impacting my wife and my kids? How am I impacting the person that I meet during the week? How am I impacting that clerk? How am I impacting that person that I meet on the street? How am I impacting the person who calls me, even if they are a telemarketer? Because there's no exceptions. You know, be nice to everybody but the telemarketer. Do you know what I'm saying? Ouch. Ouch. That hurts. It's hurting me talking, telling you that. Do you know what I'm saying? It hurts when you tech like that, George. Boy, if you think it's hurting you, think about me, because I'm just like, boom, right back in my face. How is your life impacting others? Because again, I took away your excuse. You are impacting somebody, right? So what do we do about it, George? Well, here's what we got to do. Here's your action point. Ask the Spirit to help you to reflect His grace in your life. He's showing you grace. Does everybody understand that? Don't leave here today without the realization that God is not showing you grace. He's showing you grace. Everybody got that? He's showing you grace. Moment by moment, grace upon grace, he's showing it to you. You've got to understand that. You've got to grasp that. And here's what you need to do. You need to allow that grace to be reflected in your life. So God, help me. 
Help me to reflect that grace. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.